This is Bert Bollinger, editor of Hardwood Floors Magazine. The episode of the NWFA Real Answers podcast that you're listening to today is brought to you by the NWFA Emerging Leaders Council. Today we have Michael Martin and Chris Izza on the phone, and we are going to talk to them about what's going on in the world today. Well, thank you, Bert, and welcome back, Chris. How are things in Boston today? Uh, things in Boston are great today, just as great as yesterday. Um, you know, my wife, it was amusing. I was talking to her and, uh, I said, how's it going in Vermont? She said, it's Groundhog Day. Haven't you ever seen that movie? And I started <laughs> laughing because I get it. Um, very, very much feels like Groundhog Day some days. Um, but today, today was fun. I, uh, I looked at two projects and they both want to schedule immediately. And the houses are, one is empty and one is occupied, but the segment we're going to be working in is barricaded off so we'll be doing both those projects so i'm happy about that uh we applied for our loan uh our sba loan my application is definitely officially in um and i had to produce a number of documents so why don't i list those documents and we'll see if everyone else is having those same items being requested of them and again i'm working with my bank that i was already working with I did also get an email from that sbalenders.com suggesting that if you were already working or had a banking relationship, that's probably a better way to go than to be clicking on the links and trying to apply that way. I guess the volume's looking pretty high. And I heard some rumblings about um, some banks maybe backing out due to responsibility of the, um, of the screening. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. My bank, as far as I know, is still moving forward in part of the equation. I know Mikey Betts down in Nashville had sent me a couple of correspondence about a few banks that were not going to participate. So looks like we got to do a little more homework. But here's what I put in with my bank uh, today. They sent me what they called uh, an SBA loan uh, calculator. And within that calculator, they asked for a number of things, gross salaries, other compensations, vacation pay, health care benefits, retirement benefits, what we pay for state and local. There was a number of payroll items that had to go in. And then that we'll call that above the line. And then below the line, anybody's salary and wages that were over $100,000, you had to pull out the balance plus, you know, whatever was the over 100 grand. And on this calculator, when you get to the bottom of it and you filled everything out, it told you what your number was that you multiply by the 2.5. Then put 25% on top of that if you're trying to file for additional expenses. So that was the loan calculator. Then there was the actual paycheck protection program application that we filled out. And then the supporting documents they asked for were a copy of a, a one year's worth of health care premiums that we pay. And they broke that down to a monthly. Then there was um, the utility, mortgage costs, and rent costs, again, broken down to monthly. And then they wanted our 940 and 941 uh, payroll tax forms, which is going to support what your, that's your government tax filing for payroll. So these are all the supporting documents saying, yes, this is what I spent 
Um, and then the last thing they asked for was my 1099s, if I had any 1099 uh, employees as well. Mm -hmm. We did not include that in the calculator, but we sent the 1099 for backup records, and I'm waiting for a comment on that. And then the last two documents was the most recent tax return for the company and the most recent tax return for me personally or any owners that were 20% or greater ownership of the company applying. And since I own 100% of the company, it was only my personal tax return. But those are the nine documents that, uh, that I put in. And at this point now, I'm just waiting for my banker to get back to me if he has any questions. I imagine he's inundated and that's what he's going through. Um, so, uh, but again, filed on the day. Uh, I did hear rumblings that it was going to be a delay or a postponement. I haven't heard that um, as being official, and I was told to send it in, so I sent it in. That's where I'm at. Well, that sounds good. So, you know, really, you're, you've done everything you can at this point. It's just a wait and see uh, response from your banker at this point. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. I even said to my bookkeeper, I said, look, we, we've done everything we can on our side now we're in a holding pattern and um you know let's see let's see what the next step is i sent an email right. asking and then i called and went to try to leave a voicemail but his voicemail's full so it's clear <laughs> that he's inundated right so um let me ask you this so when you provided the 12 months worth of information did you provide i guess february is really the last month that's closed for most businesses did you go from february back to february or did you go march back to march no, it actually goes March to March. Um, if I look at the loan calculator, it, it actually starts with month ending 4-30-19, and then it goes all the way to month ending 3-31-20. Gotcha. So, and all that intel is in there. It's actually pretty interesting how they did it. Uh, it, it it's... It's funny. You see things coming out, and you're like, "Oh, it's going to be less," and then they want to add other things in, and it's going to be more. So, right. um, if you just took your gross payroll and did the 2.5, I can tell you that it came out dangerously close to being accurate. We were off by about ten thousand dollars. Well, that's good to know, because that is part of the calculator that they they included in the guidance. Um, I will say, you know, this morning we we got some additional guidance from um, the SBA changed. Um, they issued their interim final rules, which is kind of interesting to say you have interim final rules. You either have final rules or not final rules. But if, exactly. these are the interim final rules for the Paycheck Protection Program. So this is just on the PPP. I do have a few updates or a few changes that came in the last, uh, last few hours. So let me go through those really quick. Um, one of the things you mentioned were the, you know, your 1099 employees. You went ahead and included those. But the guidance is saying here is that 1099 employees don't count toward the employer's payroll, that if you are a 1099 employee, you would have to file for your own uh, Paycheck Protection Program. So no, probably good, good that you included that, that's, it. Yeah, that's correct. What you just said is correct. I didn't include it in our calculation, to be clear. I only included that they requested to see the 1099s that were in my company. It could be to back right. up gross sales or gross expenses, I don't know. Sure. But we did not include it in the calculation. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's that, or that's the way I interpret what came out this morning. So another issue that I know I've been so we had had several questions on was that um, you know if you own more than one company, how do you submit? And so the guidance that came out this morning was that no borrower can apply for more than one loan. 
So pick the business you want to apply for if you own multiple businesses and use that one. The, That's correct, and, and uh, I fall under that category, and I obviously use the larger of the two companies. On the, uh, on the terms of the loan itself, the loan is two years. Um, the interest rates on the loans is 1% that it starts immediately, although the loan payback period is deferred for six months. So the interest begins accruing immediately, uh, but there's nothing owed for six months. It is possible to have 100% of the loan forgiven, provided all the uses are for eligible forgivable costs. So that's good to note too, but no more than 25% of that loan forgiveness can be for non-payroll costs. So, you know, if you're covering other things in the, in the loan, then they're gonna look at that number before they, before they decide what to cover. So to determine the loan amount, as you talked about a couple of times on our podcast, the multiplier of 2.5. So you aggregate the payroll costs for the last 12 months and divide by 12 and then multiply by 2.5. Um, right. Another another thing that's really important to note is that this is first come first served. So when the money is gone, the money will be gone. Now I have you know we talked with our friend Dana Cole in Washington D.C. on a on a podcast earlier this week, and there are rumblings and 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 thoughts that there will be an extension on the uh, on the Paycheck Protection Program, but we don't know that for sure yet. So again, try to get this done as soon as you can and get the ball rolling. A question that I know came up for a couple of people too today was whether forms could be submitted electronically or whether the electronic signatures are okay. According to the guidance document, the electronic signature is okay. Um, although I know some people were asked to submit with live signatures. So I think there's probably still some confusion within the bank level on that. So I used those, an electronic signature. So you were able to do that, so that's good. Yeah, it was actually, when it got to that segment in the application, it comes to the signature part and you click on it and at least my application gave me the option to pick three different places I could acquire my digital signature. I chose to use the one where you just print your name and click on the digital and it says digitally signed at this time and date and uh, it gets printed on. So it was an automatic thing. Now, I also did hear um, some conversations this afternoon. We had some conference calls, and one of the things that came up was that it's possible that only one of the large banks, the one that was mentioned was Bank of America, is the only bank that's currently accepting applications. And there seems to be some consideration possibly for if you don't have more than 500. And at first, it read as if if you had fewer than 500 employees, period, you were eligible for the PPP. What we're hearing today is that that may be 500 employees per location. So let's say you're Starbucks and you only have, you know, a handful of employees in each location. As long as you don't have 500 in one location, you could, if theoretically, be a Starbucks and apply. I'm not saying that about Starbucks, brother, but that size company where you have maybe small, re small retail locations um, around the country. So that's one thing that I think is causing some confusion. Because clearly, if you have some big players like that who are applying, um, it'll knock out the funding fairly quickly. So the the original the original understanding was, or my understanding, I can only speak for my understanding, I guess, is that um, you know your company had to be fewer than 500 people. So I think there is there are some things at play that maybe came out of the guidance uh, or this interim rule this morning that changed some of the perspectives on things. Um, and some of the banks may be waiting for further guidance or they've, they've shied away from issuing loans immediately. So if you um, have a smaller banker, you may be more likely, a smaller banker that already works with the Small Business Administration, you may be more likely to be able to secure funding there. At least that's the way I interpret the tea leaves at this moment. I agree. 
So again, you know, these are this is these are um, interesting times, and every day there's a whole different landscape to try to interpret. Anything else to wrap up this week of podcast that you want to discuss, Chris? No, I think the only thing I'll, I'll make mention of is how we're managing it on the social distancing front for CNR flooring and how I'm encountering it. Right now, uh, my salesmen are support to me. They're not, they're not doing direct measures. I'm doing all the measures going into anyone's house that's getting it, and I just feel that I'm going to take that responsibility on before I'm going to have it put onto an employee and maintaining our social distancing during the measure, it's it's somewhat awkward, to be honest, because you're so used to walking in and shaking a person's hand and handing them your business card and going into your, your whole talk. Now it's just, you know, you stay on that side of the room, I'll stay on that side, this side of the room. A little right. bit of a smile about it, and then you go about your business. Um, but I'm seeing that the customers are appreciative of the fact that we're following guidelines and I make them aware that if anybody's showing any signs or even if they are remotely close to somebody who is showing signs, we're not letting them come to work. And so it's a new way of doing business uh, on the short term, it seems. We'll see what it is for the long term mm-hmm. and go from there. Um, that's yeah, all we I, can do. I, well, just to add to that a little Sorry, bit. There a couple, no, just to add to that a little bit before we wrap up. Um, you know, on yesterday's podcast, we talked about our, our steering committee calls and, and what different business constituents are doing. And a couple of things that, that come to mind as you were talking through that is, you know, one, you know, signs of signs of possibly being sick need to be taken seriously from the for, on the forefront. We do have one company that is um, at least one that is um, taking temperatures as people come into work. So that's a way of kind of stating off where where is everybody today? Are they healthy? and trying to catch those symptoms on the front end as opposed to passing it along to other people in the workplace or or your coworkers and that kind of thing. So I thought that was really interesting guidance. And then the other thing we had on on a couple of the calls that came up that, you know, can you do uh, an estimate virtually? Can you take FaceTime into a home and work with your client to come up with an estimate and, you know, maybe teach them how to measure so that you really are taking it even out of the house in order to do in order to do the job so have you thought anything about that or have you heard anybody doing that i actually have um if i'm not mistaken i think it was lenny hall in miami who had a virtual appointment with one of his customers and he said they walked him around the house on facetime and i I definitely agree that's a way we could do it i have had uh, a customer on the other side of my life being a wood floor inspector um We've agreed to, they requested uh, to hold off on the inspection, but then at the same time sent me like 30 photos. So we've got dialogue going back and forth on the inspection that I'm doing, but we're not going to finalize the inspection until we have the visit, but at least they're getting some direction. So, yeah, I'm seeing that. And, you know, it's just like I said, it, this is this is what, what my mom would call this is today. This is the today's new normal and we'll adjust as as it happens and that's what we're going to continue to do and i'm going to do it with an open mind and a very optimistic manner uh i got a facebook message from a friend of mine in new york and he he said he was listening to the podcast and loved him and he, he noticed that i kept saying stay positive and he asked if i would switch that to stay optimistic 
because positive, a lot of people are testing for COVID-19 and don't want to hear the word positive. Hmm. So That's an excellent point. I thought it was an interesting play, and I appreciated the, uh, the request. So I'm going to tell you that I'm going to stay optimistic, and we're going to keep rolling forward, um, making every day as, as good as I can make it. Well, as for me, I'm just going to keep staying negative, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Listen, I you have a great Friday, Michael. Thank you. You know um, what? Um, there, there is a new normal, and right now my new normal is to is to get ready for a virtual happy hour. These things just, you know, you, you have to stay in contact with people. I think the worst thing that we could do is to isolate to the point that you're not having interaction with other people. So I think, you know, wh- what I've found is my neighborhood has come to life with people I've never seen. So you're out walking the dogs, sitting six feet away, you know, say hello, that kind of thing that's happening a lot more. Um, but also the other thing that's coming up are these virtual opportunities to get together with your friends and at least see each other's faces and stay in touch. So um, I encourage everybody to do that on your positivity note or your optimistic note. And, uh, you know, it doesn't pay anybody to be negative in life. It pays a lot to be negative with COVID, but not necessarily in life. So hang in there. We'll be back again next week. Thanks, Bert. Well, Michael, Chris, thanks for your time today. And thank you to the listeners out there for joining us. If you have any topics that you want us to cover right now, please let us know. I've put my contact information in the podcast description, and we look forward to your input. And as always, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon.